0: The damage to self-interest and self-worth inflicted by Facebook today will haunt a generation. Feelings of inadequacy and insecurity, rejection and self-hatred will impact this generation for years to come. Our children are the ones who are victims. Teens today looking at themselves in the mirror feel doubt and insecurity. Mark Zuckerberg ought to be looking at himself in the mirror today. And yet, rather than taking responsibility and showing leadership, Mr. Zuckerberg is going sailing. His new modus operandi, no apologies, no admission, no action, nothing to see here, Mark Zuckerberg, you need to come before this committee. You need to explain to Francis Haugen, to us, to the world, and to the parents of America what you were doing and why you did it.
1: That was Richard Blumenthal, Democratic senator from Connecticut. His opening statement during the Facebook whistleblower hearing held by a Senate Commerce subcommittee on October 5th, 2021. During the hearing, Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg was mentioned by name 18 times. He wasn't there, as Senator Blumenthal pointed out. The only witness was the Facebook whistleblower, Francis Haugen. But Mark Zuckerberg has testified to Congress before. And if you watched those hearings on C SPAN, you might have heard Mark Zuckerberg apologize or admit mistakes, as Senator Blumenthal suggested he once did. In this episode of C-SPAN's The Weekly, we'll remember the times Mark Zuckerberg apologized or admitted errors to Congress. After this.
2: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech.
1: After the Facebook whistleblower, Francis Haugen, testified to Congress, Mike Allen of Axios reported... Facebook says Zuckerberg has testified before Congress seven times in the past four years. Mark Zuckerberg's first appearance in a congressional hearing, seen on C-SPAN, was April 10, 2018. That day, he testified before two Senate committees at once, the Commerce Committee and the Judiciary Committee. The topic, Facebook's use of user data. The hearing came after revelations that the political consulting firm Cambridge Analytica improperly harvested data of up to 87 million Facebook users. Here's Mark Zuckerberg's opening statement, and right off the bat, he said he was sorry.
2: We face a number of important issues around privacy, safety, and democracy, and you will rightfully have some hard questions for me to answer. Before I talk about the steps we're taking to address them, I want to talk about how we got here. Facebook is an idealistic and optimistic company. For most of our existence, we focused on all of the good that connecting people can do. And as Facebook has grown, people everywhere have gotten a powerful new tool for staying connected to the people they love, for making their voices heard, and for building communities and businesses. Just recently, we've seen the Me Too movement and the March for Our Lives organized, at least in part, on Facebook. After Hurricane Harvey, people came together to raise more than $20 million for relief. And more than 70 million biz- small businesses use Facebook to create jobs and grow. But it's clear now that we didn't do enough to prevent these tools from being used for harm as well. And that goes for fake news, for foreign interference in elections, and hate speech, as well as developers and data privacy. We didn't take a broad enough view of our responsibility, and that was a big mistake. And it was my mistake, and I'm sorry. I started Facebook, I run it, and I'm responsible for what happens here. So now we have to go through our, all of our relationship with people and make sure that we're taking a broad enough view of our responsibility. It's not enough to just connect people. We have to make sure that those connections are positive. It's not enough to just give people a voice. We need to make sure that people aren't using it to harm other people or to spread misinformation. And it's not enough to just give people control over their information. We need to make sure that the developers they share it with protect their information too. Across the board, we have a responsibility to not just build tools, but to make sure that they're used for good.
1: That was Mark Zuckerberg testifying to the Senate. The next day, April 11th, 2018, he testified to the House. And he opened with the same apology. But it's clear now that we didn't
2: do enough to prevent these tools from being used for harm as well. And that goes for fake news, foreign interference in elections and hate speech, as well as developers and data privacy. We didn't take a broad enough view of our responsibility, and that was a big mistake. It was my mistake, and I'm sorry. I started Facebook, I run it, and at the end of the day, I'm responsible for what happens here.
1: Mark Zuckerberg was in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee on November 17, 2020, testifying virtually. He joined Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey in a hearing on regulating social media content. This time, no apologies. But in this exchange with Illinois Senator Dick Durbin, a Democrat, Mark Zuckerberg does admit mistakes. In August, a Facebook page for the Kenosha Guard militia which advocated violence in the aftermath of the shooting of Jacob Blake, was reportedly flagged over 455 times to Facebook. However, the page was deemed non-violating and left up. More than 4,000 people responded to that event. Hundreds of armed militia members showed up. A member of this group, a teenager from Illinois, later shot and killed two people on the streets of Kenosha. Mr. Zuckerberg, you described Facebook's handling of this militia page as an operational mistake. Can you explain the exact reason why the Kenosha militia page was not taken down,
2: Senator? Yes, and, and first, and what happened in Kenosha was was obviously terrible. Um, what w- what happened here was we rolled out a strengthened policy around militia pages in in general, um, whereas before that we would have allowed um, a a group that was a militia as long as it wasn't planning or organizing violence directly. In the lead up to the election, we uh, strengthened the policy to disallow more of those groups because we were on high alert and we're we're treating the situation as very volatile around potential civil unrest around the election. Um, We just put that policy into place. And um, for a number of reasons, it had um, not yet been fully rolled out and, and all of the content reviewers um, across the company hadn't been fully trained on that. So uh, we made mistakes in assessing um, whether that, that group should be taken down. But upon appeal, when it was escalated to a more senior level of, of, um, of content review folks who have more specific expertise in these areas, um, we recognized that it did violate the policy and we, we took it down um it, w- it was a mistake um it's it, it was certainly an issue and we're we're debriefing and, and figuring out how we can do better although one other piece that i would add is that um the the uh, uh person who who carried out the shootings um w- was not in any way connected to um that page or linked to to any of the content there from anything that we or, or others can tell
1: on march 25th 2021 another mark zuckerberg hearing And another admission that Facebook makes mistakes. The CEOs of Google, Twitter, and Facebook testified to Congress on their companies' efforts to combat misinformation and disinformation on their platforms. Here's Mark Zuckerberg answering a question from a member of the House Energy and Commerce Committee. You'll hear him mention Section 230 reform. That refers to the section of the U.S. Code that provides immunity for websites regarding content posted by third parties.
2: Overall, you know, I mean, the the reality is is that any system is going to make mistakes. There's going to be content that we take down that we should have left up, and there's going to be content that we miss that we should have taken down that we um, that we didn't catch or, or that the systems made a mistake on. And at scale, unfortunately, um, you know, those mistakes can be a large number, even if it's a very small percent. But I think that that's why when we're talking about things like Section Two Hundred and Thirty uh, reform. I think it is reasonable to expect large companies to have um, effective moderation systems, but not reasonable to expect that there are never any errors. Uh, but but I think that transparency can help hold the companies accountable um, as to what accuracy they're, and, and effectiveness they're, they're they're achieving.
1: Mark Zuckerberg testified to the House Financial Services Committee on October twenty fourth, two thousand and nineteen. The topic. Facebook's plan to create a cryptocurrency called Libra and its possible impact on the housing sector and financial services. But Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a Democrat from New York, engaged the Facebook founder in pointed questioning about fact-checking and disinformation. This time, no apologies from Mark Zuckerberg, no admission of error, no mention of mistakes, but this exchange about lying
3: recently that the official policy of Facebook now allows politicians to pay to spread disinformation um, in 2020 elections and in the future. So I just want to know how far I can push this um, in the next year. Under your policy, you know, using census data as well, could I pay to target predominantly black zip codes and advertise them the incorrect election date?
2: No, Congresswoman, you couldn't. We we have, even for these policies around the newsworthiness of, of mm-hmm. content that politicians say and the general principle that I believe that...
3: But you said you're not going to fact-check my we, ads. We
2: have, if, if, uh, if anyone, including a politician, is saying things that uh, can cause, that is calling for violence or uh, could risk imminent physical harm or voter or census suppression mm-hmm. when we roll out the census suppression p- policy... Um, we will take that content down. So,
3: so you will, there is some threshold where you will fact check political advertisements. Is that what you're telling me?
2: Well, Congresswoman, yes, for specific things like that, where there's imminent risk of harm. Could
3: I run ads targeting Republicans in primaries saying that they voted for the Green New Deal?
2: Sorry, I, I, can you repeat that?
3: Would I be able to run advertisements on Facebook targeting Republicans in primary, saying that they voted for the Green New Deal? I mean, if you're not fact-checking political advertisements, I'm just trying to understand the, the bounds here. What's fair game? Congresswoman,
2: I, uh, I don't know the answer to that off the top of my head.
3: I think
1: So probably. you don't
3: know if I'll be able to do that? I think um, Do you see a potential problem here with a complete lack of fact-checking on political advertisements?
2: Well, Congresswoman, I think lying is bad. And I think if you were to run an ad that had a lie, that would be bad.
1: By the way, don't think that Mark Zuckerberg only apologizes to American legislative bodies. On May 22, 2018, he appeared before the European Parliament in Brussels, Belgium. It was a month after his first time testifying to the U.S. Congress. The topic was similar, questions about data mining and Cambridge Analytica. Mark Zuckerberg's words might sound familiar, different venue, different continent, but same apology.
2: President Tayani, honorable members of the European Parliament, it's good to be back in Europe. Thank you for inviting me here today for this important discussion. Now, Europeans make up a large and incredibly important part of our global community, and many of the values that Europeans care about deeply are values that we share, from the importance of human rights and the need for community, Uh, to the love of technology and all the potential that it can bring. Now, we've always focused on all the good that technology and connecting people can bring. And as Facebook has grown, it has helped give people everywhere around the world new tools to stay connected to the people they care about most. After the recent terrorist attacks in Berlin and Paris, London, and here in Brussels, tens of thousands of people have used our safety check tool to tell the people they love that they're safe. Refugees arriving in Europe are using Facebook to stay in touch with their loved ones back home and find new communities here There are 18 million small businesses here in Europe that use Facebook today mostly for free Almost half of whom say that they have hired more people as a result of their use of our tools But it's also become clear over the last couple of years that we haven't done enough to prevent these tools from being used for harm as well And that goes for fake news, foreign interference in elections, and developers misusing people's information. We didn't take a broad enough view of our responsibility,
1: and that was a mistake, and I'm sorry for it. You can do your own searches for Mark Zuckerberg and other Facebook officials testifying in Congress with or without apologies using the C-SPAN video library. Just go to cspan.org and use the search bar on top. It's free. And you're welcome to spread the word on Facebook how easy it is. You won't be sorry. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of C-SPAN's The Weekly. Happy searching.